0: Now I'm crying. Good cry, though. Yeah, good cry. We're in Revelation 12 as we work our way through the different portraits of the Antichrist. We're going to finish up a particular portrait, the red dragon. Our enemy. In verses 11 through 17 this morning. Revelation chapter 12. I'm going to ask if. You will stand in our God's honor. So I read from his word. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb. And by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Therefore rejoice you heavens and you who dwell in them. But woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury, because he knows that his time is short. When the dragon saw that he had been hurled to the earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. The woman was given the two wings of a great eagle, so that she might fly to the place prepared for her in the desert, where she would be taken care of for a time. Times and a half a time out of the serpent's reach. Then from his mouth, the serpent spewed water like a river to overtake the woman and sweep her away with a torrent. But the earth helped the woman by opening its mouth and swallowing the river that the dragon had spewed out of his mouth. Then the dragon was enraged at the woman and went off to make war against the rest of her offspring, those who obey God's commandments. And hold to the testimony of Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we worship you, Lord. God, how we need you, Lord. Your grace is so amazing. So beyond our ability to articulate God. That's okay. All we have to do is soak it. So this morning we do that, Lord. We know there's an enemy who wants to destroy us for the thief has come to kill and to steal and destroy. But we know there's victory, God. And today in your word, in your truth, we see the victory, Lord. There is a great escape for those who come in Jesus. And so I just pray that you might speak through the weakness of my words, that we might hear your word. And that you might be glorified. And that we might be drawn to Jesus. Because you've promised. That if I be lifted up. That means Jesus be lifted up. That all men will be drawn. To Jesus. So that's our heart today. Lord. We lift you up. That we might be drawn to you. The living God. The Savior. Guide us in our time. That remains Lord. May we continue to worship you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. You can get on the internet and Google about anything. And when you start Googling for spiritual truths. Wow. More than two million sites. Pop up. Giving you uh, spiritual instruction. There's. Ran across pictures of demons and clouds, uh, miracle prayers to help overcome these demons riding upon clouds, Um, instructions on how to invoke angelic protection. And the story goes on and on. There's power that's available for purchase, Uh, there's gems that have fallen from heaven, is the claim that for a specific price you can have. There are pictures of gold dust. Fallen from that heavenly pavement that's above us. There's miracle-working water from the Jordan River. That's supposed to help you achieve your miracle. And last but not least, there are magic prayers. Guaranteed to give us power over the enemy that has come to steal and kill and destroy. But there's no power in any of that stuff. Because <laughs> it's not about trinkets, it's about the Savior. He is the one who brings the real victory. You see, we're not going to back the devil in a corner with a crucifix or water from the Jordan or with some kind of magic prayer. As we look in our scripture, just, just a quick review. We're told in verse 7 that we looked at last week about another fall where that great red dragon was pitted in a battle with God's angel, Michael, and his angels as they fought against the dragon. And I love that verse 8. It says, he was not strong enough. (laughs) And they lost their place in heaven as the great dragon was hurled down. That ancient serpent Called the devil or Satan who leads the world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. And then we were told about the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God. And the authority of his Christ. (laughs) For the accuser of our brothers who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. And last week we looked at that great accuser who's constantly accusing but there came there will come that time where the Lord God will give that command through his angel that says, It's time for you to shut up. It's time for you to speak no more. The accusations will be dealt with. Now, as we come into our text, we see the victory. And we see the key of the victory is explained in three parts. And so let's look at verse eleven. This morning, our text tells us they overcame him. See, there's the victory. Now, who who, who are they? They are the martyrs that died because of their confidence in Jesus. There was an enemy against them, and they were faithful even unto death. Martyrs of the past... Who, for whatever reason, they were tortured. And they gave their very lives for that cause. The martyrs in the tribulation to come. Who will be faithful even unto death. They. That, that's who talking about. The victory. No matter what happens to us, guys, there's victory. Even when our very lives are taken from us. That's not defeat. I love it in 1 Corinthians 15. It says, death, where's your sting? <laughs> you see, because there's victory That is found in Christ. And and even the prior verse. Where it says that the accuser. Will be able to accuse no more. (laughs) That's pretty inclusive. That's all of us isn't it? We've all felt his accusations. Now let's look at our outline. As we see the victory. The power of the victory. First. Believers rested. In their perfected. Forgiveness. Look there at verse 11. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. Not by holy water from the Jordan. Not by heavenly gem that's dangling from the mirror in our cars. Not by some kind of magic prayer. But by the cross. By the blood of the Lamb. I love it as John put it, you know, as he walked by, he said, Look, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Man, that's what it's about. When he died upon that old rugged cross, he paid the price for our sins. The enemy was overcome. He was defeated at that moment with the perfect sacrifice of Christ. First Peter one eighteen and 19 tells us, You are not redeemed with perishable things such as silver or gold that was handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect, but holy and blameless. And I love it in Colossians 2, 13 through 15. It says, When you were dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, it says, But you you now are alive in Christ. He says, He forgave us our sins, having canceled them. With its written regulations, He, He tells us, having canceled them and forgiving us at the cross and all that stood against us, all that was opposed to us in Christ has been defeated. And I love it in verse 15. He goes on and He says, Having disarmed the powers and authorities. He made a public spectacle of them. Triumphing over them by the cross. All of our sins. All that condemnation. Don't you just love Romans 8 verse 1. That says therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus the law of the spirit of life set me free. From the law of sin and death. The law of the spirit of life set me free. That's the power of. Of Christ that has set us free. Um, Ray Steadman, uh, a pastor in California, years ago, one of the people in his church wrote about this wonderful victory. Wrote this this song tied together. It says, "I sinned, and straightway, post haste, Satan flew before the presence of the Most High God." And made a railing accusation there. He said. This soul. This thing of clay and sod. Has sinned. Tis true. That he named thy name. But I demand his death. For thou hast said. The soul that sinneth. It shall die. Shall not thy sentence be fulfilled. Is justice dead. Send now this wretched sinner. To his doom. What other thing can a righteous ruler do. And thus he did accuse me. Day and night. And every word he spoke, O God, was true. Then quickly one rose up from God's right hand before whose glory angels veiled their eyes. He spoke, each jot and tittle of the law must be fulfilled. The guilty sinner dies. But wait, suppose his guilt were all transferred to me and that I paid his penalty. Behold, my hands, my side, my feet One day I was made sin for him and died that he might be presented faultless at thy throne. And Satan flew away. Full well he knew that he could not prevail against such love. For every word my dear Lord spoke was true. They ever came in by the blood of the Lamb. You see the accusations come. And and Satan, he's good at watching. And he's watched us for a long time. We try to hide and, you know, we try to act like, you know, we've got it together. None of us do. And he watches us and he knows and he accuses. And he comes before the great judge and he says, what about that Todd? You've seen him do this over and over. How could he do this if he loves you? Man, what justification do I have? All I can do is agree and say, you nailed me. You're right. I am guilty. But there's one more thing. There's the blood of the Lamb. Man, that's the victory. i got to move on here. we got the second one here. Believers resonated with a public confession. Notice this next part in verse 11. They overcame him by the word of their testimony. Now, the emphasis here is not so much upon the one giving the testimony. The emphasis here is not that I have to have all the answers. Sometimes we think... Well, you know, if I start talking about God, they're going to ask me something that I don't know. It's not about you being a biblical encyclopedia or about having every answer. Because the emphasis is not on how polished I am, how eloquent I am in presenting the Word. The emphasis in this, that it's the Word of their testimony. The emphasis is the life-changing truth of God. That you speak, that your life speaks, that your words speak, that give declaration to the transforming power of God and that you live in that forgiveness and that you live in the power of that word. You see, the truth of the matter is, it, it, he's our living word. It says in John 1, 1, right? In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He's the Rama. He's the living God. And the power of Jesus Christ lives in us. And He has presented to us His Lagos. His written word from which the Spirit of God gives truth and understanding of Him. And the enemy is overcome by the living and the written word of God. Which is the power of Jesus Christ. Inside each of us. The, the truth of the matter is. It is when the word becomes alive. When it is rooted in the heart of a sinner. And victory is won. Because there is the understanding. That salvation comes to the one who believes in Jesus Christ. And then a confident transformation comes. As God begins to change us. And transform us. As it says in Corinthians. If any man is in Christ. he's a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. That is the story of a Christian. That is the story of of a believer. But there's there's a twofold victory here. We overcome the enemy by the power of that transformation personally in the heart. But we also overcome him by the proclamation of that word. As the power of Christ goes forward. There's a great story about a and you can look this up on the internet if you look up um George Street in Australia. Sydney, Australia. And a guy by the name of Mr. Jenner. There's several videos on there that speaks of this guy. If you want to check it out on YouTube. And uh, for 16 years, he would stand on George Street and he would pass out tracks. And he would answer questions best he could. And he didn't see any fruit. He didn't see any evidence of that work for 16 years. But he continued... To give out those tracts. And he continued to try to find ways. To tell people why he was doing it. But then after 16 years. He went to this, he went to this meeting. And, and he was amazed. Because there were literally words. That he discovered. From people all over the world. That had made their way through George Street. Had received a tract. Had heard about Christ. And had been changed by the glorious proclamation of the gospel, the good news of Jesus. And all he did was just try to be faithful all that time. He may have never known what God was up to, but it wasn't just him. It was God through him that made the difference. They overcame him by the word of their testimony. And guys, that's what it is for us. There is a world in great need. And what we most offer them is the word. It is the word of God. That we need so desperately. Third, believers focused on permanent glory. Look at this last part, of verse 11. They overcame him because they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. The first point, the blood of the Lamb, there's permanent cleansing that we experience. And the second point, the word of the testimony. There's public confession and proclamation. As that word changes us and goes out to change others. In this final point, they did not love their life. There's the principle of personal concentration. They were not looking merely to what they can gain here. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world yet forfeit his soul? And what can he give exchange for his soul? There is that understanding that this is not all there is. But that there is a heaven that awaits us. And there is an eternal glory that far surpasses the suffering that we experience here. Uh, John Phillips in his commentary wrote these words. What can Satan do with the likes of these? Lock them up in prison and they convert their jailers. Torture them and they become partakers of Christ's sufferings and heirs to a greater reward. Martyr them and they go straight to be with Christ. Turn them loose and they evangelize the world. <laughs> this is the outworking of the dragon's downfall. Back a few years ago, missionary Karen Watson went to serve in Iraq as a missionary. She knew it was very dangerous. She wrote a letter that she gave to her pastor. And uh, here's here's what she wrote in the letter. You're only reading this if I died. She wrote gracious words regarding her family and her friends. And then in the closing summary, she said, To obey was my objective. To suffer was expected. His glory is my reward. You see, the victory comes, guys, by the cross. The the victory comes through His Word. Alive and living and on the move. And His victory comes as we begin to see beyond what's here and what's there. There's victory. Now, as I close this thing up... We've got the dragon's fury. Um, He knows his time is uh, short. Matter of fact, as we look in in this scripture, there's several times here in uh, verses 6 and verse 14. There's the prophetic language that uh, speaks of three and a half years. And during that three and a half years, he's ready to be on the move to attack. He is guilty as charged, but for now, it's like he's out on bail. And so he, he is running in a fury, trying to cause as much damage as he can. One commentator wrote it like this. Satan is now like a cage lion, enraged beyond words by the limitations now placed upon his freedom. He picks himself up from the dust of the earth, shakes his fist at the sky, glares around, choking with fury for ways to vent his hatred and his spite upon humankind. He has been checkmated and mastered By the one he hates most of all. So how does he respond? Well, let's look at verse 13 as we discover about this fury. It says, um, when the dragon saw he had been hurled to the earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. We've talked about in earlier messages, this revelation speaks about Israel. About the Jewish people. And how he went with a fury and hatred. To destroy the nation. God set aside as his very own. Israel. That's the revelation that we receive. But God rescues. His people. That's the woman's flight. As there's this picture here. Of a deliverance. On eagles. The wings of an eagle. That flown. To safety in the desert. Where she would be cared for. Taken care of. Out of the serpent's reach. There are other times in the scriptures. He uses this picture. Of deliverance. Of eagle's wings. There is in Exodus chapter 19 verse 4. This description. You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt. And how I carried you on eagle's wings. And brought you. To myself. As the people were freed From slavery in Egypt. And God said. I carried you through on eagles wings. And so now. It's time again. As there's great suffering. Great tragedy. And God says. I will again deliver you. I will carry you as on eagles wings. To safety. Jesus is recorded in Matthew 24. Talks about the coming time. Uh, with a description of. Abomination of desolation of those last days of that tribulation of those sufferings. He said, therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation, desolation, which was spoken of through Daniel, the prophet, those who are in Judea must flee to the mountains. Who's ever on the housetop must go down to get the things out that are in the house. Whoever's in the field must turn back to get his cloak for then you will be. There will be a great tribulation such as not occurred since the beginning of the world. John informs us that God protects his people. Sends them to a place of safety. Many Bible scholars think that this place of safety is an ancient city in the land of Edom. A city carved out of rock known as the city of Petra. This city was developed... We don't know for sure, but at least a thousand years, even before the time of Christ. Amazing city, literally carved elegantly out of rock. Out of limestone. And and evidently, um, there was an earthquake in 551. And out of fear of that great city toppling, people deserted it. But then it was rediscovered in 1812. And has been excavated by archaeologists. Trying to fit the scene together of that great city. But it's a wonderful place of protection. Because of the great walls of rock and the many caves. It is easy to protect. And it is a, a great place to be able to find safety. And to be able to find refuge. As, as you have to enter through a narrow pathway in the great walls of rock. You're able to see the whoever comes in to that great city. And so it is easy to guard and to protect. But notice, as we read on in the scripture, as the devil has a plan, that serpent has a plan. Tells us, verse 15: Then from his mouth the serpent spewed water like a river to overtake the woman and sweep her away with the torrent. So the plan was: well, not going to get in there to cause destruction, we'll just drown them. I don't know for sure how that would occur. Maybe an underwater river. Some way where there's a great current to come in and to flood that city and to drown God's people. And the devil is always thinking he's all powerful and he's going to gain the victory. God trumps him. I always love that about God. He always trumps him. Verse 16. But the earth helped the woman by opening its mouth and swallowing the river that the dragon had spewed out of his mouth in other words the god opened up the earth and, and and drained that water away before it could bring the destruction meant by the enemy by the way the sources i read about this city petra uh, they have only excavated maybe 10% of the city <laughs> There's much more of the city than they has of yet discovered. What a, a great place to hide. A, a great city. And God will bring about his victory. God will bring forth his deliverance as he rescues them. Okay, as, as we come um, to verse 17. Then the dragon was enraged at the woman and went off to make war Against the rest of her offspring, those who obey God's commandments and hold to the testimony of Jesus. So, what did he do? He was defeated and he ran off looking for more to devour. Not just the Jews, but it says those who obey his commandments and hold to the testimony of Jesus. Those who had discovered. The blood of the Lamb and the testimony of His Word and looked forward to the heaven that awaited them. Those people He went to attack and He went to ultimately to destroy. But we know He's defeated. As we continue to look forward in Revelation 13 to other portraits of the Antichrist. And so as I come to the end of this message, just a review for all of us, God wants us to be victorious. He doesn't want us to live now in defeat. One day there will be the perfect victory when we are in heaven. And no longer will we face the presence of sin. But for now there is this battle. And we don't have to live in the defeat. We can claim the blood of Christ daily. We can be reminded continually. We are forgiven. By the perfect work of Calvary. We can confess that public faith to others. Ambassadors. Christ, that they don't have to be defeated, that they don't have to be without hope, because the hope has been won. Jesus is alive. We confess that. And lastly, to focus on our everlasting future with our Savior, when we will be around him, worshiping him. I thought about that as Dorothy's saying, "Man, grace on so me." Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your victory. Father, we may have looked at this portrait of the Antichrist, the red dragon, the devil, the accuser. But the real star of the message is Jesus who has overcome this dragon. Lord. And I pray this morning for each one of us Father, may we be open to your word, Lord, to the cross, to what you want us to have, which is victory in Jesus. Maybe there's somebody here that's not claimed that victory. Man, today is a great day to claim the victory that comes in Christ. To simply say, I need you, Lord, to forgive me. I need the cross of Christ to take away my sin. I need it nailed to the cross. And, or maybe, Lord, there's one here and, well, the word has just not been the prominent role of their lives. Oh, Father, we're so weak. I pray you empower us to be ambassadors of that word. To let the word flow in us and through us to this crazy world around us. Father, may you do that. And then lastly, Father, we want to make sure that our focus is heavenward, upward. We need to know we're going to heaven. Father, I just ask that you penetrate each of us this morning with that question. Am I going to heaven? And if the answer is not yes, why not? You can trust Jesus now. Lord, as we stand, as we sing, may you speak. Holy Spirit, we invite you. And this time we call invitation or response. Father may we respond to you. In Christ's name we pray.